Hello, and welcome to the Gaming Fix Podcast on July 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Andre Cole, on episode 228 of the Gaming Fix Podcast, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite Resident Evil character. I am joined today by Pat. I I hate to break this to you. I believe it's actually episode 230, and I just didn't change. Oh the my god! Because oh my god, you're right. It didn't get it didn't it got changed in one spot. Oh it didn't get changed down below. I missed one week, yeah. and it, everything's falling apart. Yeah, it's it is true. Because, 230. My, yeah, my apologies, I, dear listener. No, it's my fault. I'm the one who should apologize. No, I didn't. I, I didn't do my due. I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't I, I'm not. I'm not going to let you jump on this grenade, Pat. <laughs> anyway, what was what was the thing? Your partner, you your partner's favorite Resident Evil character. Oh, I mean, that's actually pretty hard. There's a lot of good ones. It's easy to say the shopkeeper from Resident Evil 4, but that's like too... It's not true because I like Resident Evil 7 and 8 like way more than 4. 4 is great, but... Sure, um, but like, I mean, one character and... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's I could tough. say I like Kindergarten... I, I like... I like Terminator 2 more than Kindergarten Cop, but like I like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop more than I like him as the Terminator. Yeah, I, you know, I, like I see what you yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess Don't know why that was my example, but <laughs> I, guess I was gonna say you had Redfield. that example. Okay. The boulder punching asshole. Yeah. 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 Um uh, what which era of Chris Redfield? I think I like the Chris Redfield that walks in and like okay, the Resident Evil blows away. <laughs> yeah, like okay, just murders dude's wife. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I am sorry. I'm still the first five minutes of RE. Yeah, I am still a fan of Resident Evil Five. Chris Redfield, like Resident Evil Five Six, where his bicep is as big as his head. Uh, that's just quality quality character design right there yeah, yeah i get it yeah uh and also joining us today allison yeah so i'm gonna take the easy version and say the hot shopkeeper from resident evil 4 just because i don't have the experience with uh resident evil that you guys do so sure uh that's the only game that i've played some of and i didn't finish it because i got annoyed with uh, some of the gameplay were with Ashley, and I was like, yeah, I sure. don't want to do this. Um, uh, but I feel like you would like the master of unlocking Jill Valentine. I, yeah, oh, probably. I bet I would. I bet it's like it's like I bet that I would like the rest of those games. I just haven't you, done it. Yeah. Um, you know, now that I think about it, you should play RE Seven on the Steam Deck. I think oh. you would like that. I think you would like that video game. I mean, it's scary, but it's like you get over it. Yeah. Especially on a Steam Deck, I think that would help mm-hmm. remove the, some of the, the like, distance from it. Yeah. 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 Because um, you can play awesome. Resident Evil Director's Cut on the yeah. like, no, remake. Yeah, sh- I really on, should. Uh, Steam I, Deck. Yeah. No, I, it's like, in, in thinking about it, I'm like, I should really play the, more of the Resident Evil games because I think I would like them a lot. I think you would but... like them. They're, they're so g- goofy in a mm-hmm. good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah, the they, early they're... ones. Even I seven mean, and eight managed to. There, there are campiness. Eight in particular. Yeah, seven less so, but eight in particular. Well, and seven's ending is like <laughs> <laughs> it rules, but it's like okay. It, it I get it now. Completely off the I rails. See what we're doing here. 
<laughs> it's still this is still Resident Evil. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I think you would like seven and eight because the gameplay is so fucking good in them. And yeah, there's... no, no, they look really good. And well, and they're like I, I should probably I should play them because I've watched a lot of um, gameplay of seven specifically because some of the um, uh, speed running for yep. seven is really really interesting. Uh, yeah. There is the, oh yeah yeah so it's I I've I've seen a decent amount of that game just because the 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 things people can do with that playing that game is really interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it's only scary for like the first. It's only really scary. There's a there, it, it stays kind of creepy, but it's only really scary for the first like half hour, forty minutes of it. Once you kind of get through the parts with, once you get through the, the garage fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. After that, it's pretty. It's still like the enemies are are yucky. The enemies are yucky and. <laughs> They sometimes they pop up and scare you, but there's not a lot of jump scares in that game really at all. Yeah, and um, just, I guess actually also creepy. the the fight in the like outhouse with mm-hmm. the with, yeah with like the the, the, the lake house. The mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty. Or, scary yeah, that's too. gross. Um, that one's that one's pretty scary too. But the rest of it, I didn't. If, think if you don't like I bugs, need, I need to get better at playing uh, like horror games. Like now that I've discovered. Um, several years ago that I, I actually like horror movies a lot. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, the next yeah, that's, the next hurdle is horror, ga- horror games. <laughs> I think you would like horror games actually quite a bit. Have um, Have you played like Until Dawn or any of no, those? I need you to. you really should. Would, you really you really should. Until Dawn. It, it, yeah. Until Dawn is part of the PS Plus collection on. Uh, I, yeah, no, that's true. So you I should still, just you can just install it on your PS5 and because that is I still it is so my good. PS5 in new apartment, but I. I I've just been enamored with yeah, this. Here, game, so. here is your homework. Go play Until Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would enjoy no. that genre. Yeah. It, it's it's very much a... I thought that I couldn't play horror games for a really long time. Like, yeah. until a few years ago. And no. then I started... I just, like, kind of ripped the Band-Aid off and played through Amnesia. And was like, oh, this isn't that bad. It's... it's yeah. it, it, Certainly, you get a little bit of... The first time you're playing one, it's, there's a little bit of adrenaline. But it's... Once you start to understand the the way they work it's like oh it's actually not that big of a deal mm-hmm. now the day that a horror like d- the souls games are much bigger horror games for me elden ring not so much because of the way it's structured but like the way that souls games can have like 20 minute runs to the boss before you fight the boss and then <laughs> the boss fight is hard is like way more intense anxiety yeah anxiety yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's definitely a good point, and I, I it's, it's interesting to think about because, um, you know, up until a, you know a number of years ago, like I, I I was like, oh, I can't handle horror movies, and then now I really love horror movies, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I can probably do that with games, so we'll see. But yeah, no, I I I liked what I played of, of Resident Evil Four, and I should probably force myself to do that again. But I just eh, the, like, the remake is like coming out in like yeah, exactly six I was months like, or I whatever. Just, I was just like, I was just like, I don't want to have to manage Ashley jumping into this uh, dumpster. <laughs> the way that they structured seven and eight, it's actually like the perfect thing to play seven and eight, and then go back to the old ones. Like the there's, I don't, and I'm not someone who says that. I'm like Mr. Chronological Order. You, you um, sure are. Or order and I was of like, release. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So and, and and I'm like happy. I'm very happy that I didn't force myself to do that with Resident Evil, and I just played seven and eight because um, it it just 
8 does things with the whole context of Resident yeah. Evil that makes the earlier games more enjoyable to me narratively because of what 8 kind of implies about the origins of mm-hmm. the Resident it Evil also series. has a tall lady, so... Mm. And you can play as the tall lady in, yeah. like, October. Yep. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, yeah the, the, there's a... Oh, when yeah. you unlock the mercenaries mode after you beat the game, oh, now you can play sure. as uh, Lady D in October. And that's just, in like, kind of, like... It's not, yeah. like, play through the game. It's no, like, it's uh, like a horde yeah. mode kind of thing. Yeah, sort of. Time attack it's or fun. score attack. It's, it's, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yep. and so you can pick up the enemies and throw them down. God, and do the story of Resident Evil 8. There's mm-hmm. just so many moments in Resident Evil 8 where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Uh-huh. Yep. yep. Oh, oh my god. So that, okay, that, that's, that's convincing That's why I me. think you would like it. I do think you should play 7 before you, you play have, 8. You have to play 7. It, it, yeah. It, or at least you can, watch a, you can watch a playthrough of it. Yeah. But like you, should. you could watch, a, watch someone play 7. I, sure. I want to play. I will play. Yeah. I will, that's my homework. I, I'm going to play Until Dawn <laughs> and I'm going to play Resident Evil 7. Great. Um, Love it. But yeah, no, th- th- you saying, like, what the fuck is going on? Is I'm it? like, oh, well, that's my Is Resident Evil 7 game. also on the PlayStation collection? It could it be. be. But I think it yeah, is. I already... my PlayStation set up. I can't, I, I, I can't find, I haven't been able to find my 2021 Game of the Year list. I can't remember mm-hmm. what my, <laughs> I think I said it was Inscription. Mm. Um, but In as time has passed, yeah. as time has passed, I'm like, very much like mm, I think RE8 is my favorite game from 2021. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, inscription coming to PS5 and I think just Great PlayStation. Game. Uh, Great game. Yeah, it's very good. Resident Evil 7 is on the PlayStation Collection. There you go. You got two PlayStation Collection games you can play. Okay. You could play it on Steam Deck, but you know it's you got it you know, on I, PlayStation it, already. So with the DLC, <laughs> with the DLC too, and the oh, DLC yeah. is f- one of the DLCs is fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they're no, they're I, all pretty good, but one of them in particular is just incredible. That's going to be my next uh, gaming thing uh, on the Steam sale. I, I just bought a bunch of JRPGs, but next mm-hmm. next time I I do a deep dive, it's going to be in a horror game. So watch out. All right, we can. Uh, I w- <laughs> like I've been thinking about checking out Omori on Game Pass, which apparently oh I've heard uh, that's really good. Yeah, kind of a. It's got a lot of good buzz around it, just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, yeah, but same here. Kind of the opposite of uh, horror games is where you're building up this tension, uh, kind of release that tension. One way you can release tension is by cranking it. <laughs> and I hear, Allison, you've been cranking it. I wonder if that's where you're going. Yeah, so uh, I, I've um, last week mentioned that I've been playing Hard Space Shipbreaker, so that's the kind of like main game I've been playing a lot this week just because it's very it's very relaxing and that's also breaking stuff up. Horror so, game in its own right in some ways. Oh, capitalism, the ultimate horror. Um the lonely void yeah, of no, space. <laughs> I, I mean every time I, I die in that game it like it is genuinely terrifying. Especially like when your helmet breaks and, yep, you're, and like, you're just suffocating. And you suffocate and you're like, this sucks. Um <laughs> this would have been really unpleasant. But yeah, no, I've been playing more of the Playdate, uh, so that's been fun. Uh, so the new games um, for Season 1 came to me um, early in the week. So I think that they, like, once you have it set up, it's, it starts early in the week. Or I don't nice. know. Um, but I got the two, uh, the two new games I got were uh, 
uh, Boogie Loops, which is a kind of like Mario Paint-esque music maker, which is kind of fun to play around with. I haven't done much with it, but I'm really interested to see if people make some really fun um, music with it. So that it's 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 very cute. Um, but the big one was Crankin's time Crankin Prevacent's time travel adventure. I just wanted to make sure I got that right. Wait, okay, could you say that crank. one more time, please? Yeah. Crankin yeah. presents time travel adventure. Which Crankin is the, presents time travel adventure. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought you said Cranklin, like Franklin, but Crank, and I was like, excuse me, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> So it, that is the game that is partially done by Keita Takahashi. Um, okay. And, and I and I feel like this should have been one of the first games that you get with the the playdate because I uh, it is like the probably the um, quintessential playdate game where you j- literally just use the crank um, so to. Um, cranking it forward as you're going is you kind of advancing time and cranking backwards is reversing time although it's not really time it's just like moving kind of along the screen character and it it, you can kind of reverse it the character back so it's when you put your thing down and flip it (laughs) i wish that song was in there there's the, the music is kind of like not not great at it so i'm like oh I I would love love some Missy Elliott in in playdate form, um, but basically there's um, different levels where you're trying to where basically Cranklin uh, wakes up, is the who's the main character not Cranklin uh, and he um, <laughs> wakes up and he realizes he's late to his date so you have to kind of navigate some various uh, challenges to get over to it so there's I think. 20 or so levels and each have their own little puzzles to do with uh, moving it forward and backwards. But it's, it's, it's very charming. It's uh, some of, some of them are frustrating, especially if they require like either precision with the, the crank or they require that you to crank it really hard. Oh <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. Cause there's one where it's like, you have to outrun this like, uh, stampede of pigs to get to your date so you have to like crank it really really fast and i was just like sitting <laughs> playing it last night and i was just like i'm like i can't do this crank so far- fast and i'm like worried that what happens if i hurt the crank but it's, it seems pretty solid on there this I was like this is completely impossible and it will never happen just because of marketing budgets and all of that but what if they got jason statham to do crank movie themed ads for the play date oh oh that would be the best i was he's got to run around and he's got to crank his play date to keep his heart going or something uh exactly play play date games with the play date (laughs) yes yes exactly Uh uh-huh yeah yeah car battery Uh, attached to his nipples uh (laughs) uh-huh so yeah so there's a couple of games that are so there's a couple of levels where you're like this is kind of bullshit um but most of them are are pretty fun to do and kind of um precision your way through this area with just the crank so you're just kind of sitting there like moving it just slightly and it allows for some pretty good precision actually with the it's it's the type of thing where it's like 
okay, you clearly made this with the crank in mind, and uh, it works out well. So it's uh, got a lot of charm and feels like it's pretty perfect for the Playdate kind of size, especially since it's uh, each level is really, really short, so you can just pick it up and try it a couple of times, beat it, and go, great, and then put it down. Um, the other thing that I've started, I haven't gotten very far in, is the one of the games that I sideloaded, which is Bloom, which is, I mentioned, the kind of real-time uh, flower shop kind of narrative game. So it's very, it's very, it, it seems like a really interesting game. There's some good story beats there. Uh, it's real-time, so I've got some flowers flowers going i although the flowers grow faster than they would in real life so thank god you're not like <laughs> you're not like okay well time to wait for a few days uh multiple but, weeks but a week exactly um but it's it's more about kind of the narrative and the process of of coming back to the uh coming back to the flower shop and tending the flowers and uh talking to people talking to people and there's there's some interesting narrative stuff there like uh you dropped out of college to do this flower shop and uh you have not told your parents and so i'm like oh god i'm (laughs) I'm, like anxious about this but it's very it's very very charming and it feels very again like they made this game for the play date which is which is cool considering it's uh it's it's one of the games that's not included with the play date, but you have to sideload it on. But it's hmm. it's there's there's just a it's it's a, still an interesting thing to check out. And uh, like I mentioned last week, there's just a, there's a ton of stuff on itch of uh, play date games. Uh, so I'll be interested to keep uh, checking that out and playing more because I I I think people are figuring out some interesting things to do with the Playdate system. It's very smart of them to release those tools so anyone could make a game for the Playdate. Oh, yeah. So I, mean, I've, I mean, I've thought about, like, I, I, I haven't really jumped into game uh, dev, but I'm like, what if I learned a little bit because it feels like it, they, they've... I, I try it. Like, like, they've made the game the system very, very easy to develop for and then also very easy to sideload games onto it so it's um it's, it's could, really made for indie exploration you and... could make like cranky aware <laughs> oh my god actually that is a good idea <laughs> just like like remove all the all the references to wario but this is clearly WarioWare inspired mm-hmm. oh my god mm-hmm. i am mm-hmm. like I'm like fuck. That's a good idea. Call it. Yeah, crank, you got a lot of crank, crankishers, crank, crankishers play box. Mm-hmm. Crankisher speaks. I'm making a Frobisher says yes joke mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crankisher listens. There you go. Yeah. Oh, or man, if you could, mm, it sucks that that's a Sony thing because just Frobisher cranks would be. So good. <laughs> you could get away with that if you weren't charging money for it. A Wario cranks. Yeah, Wario so yeah, it's where crank it also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that, no, it's, it's, I'm surprised that's not already a game. I know. Now I'm like, oh my god, do I need to learn how to make like video games so I can make <laughs> WarioWare for the 
This game will make you crank it in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, I hate this. <laughs> no. That's, that's, that's it. That's, we're never going to talk about the play date again. That's it. It's done. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, we made the final okay. joke. Uh, thank you for that update, Allison. If uh, yeah. any other notable games for the Playdate come out, or you find them on itch, or you make your cranking yeah, game, so- uh, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see what where what games show up this week for me to play, and uh, I'll see if I can find any others on itch to to enjoy. All right. Well, uh, this week, Pat, you enjoyed two. Count them two games. Yes. Both starting with a D. Yeah, that's true. Well, I technically enjoyed three games, and the third one started the, with the, a D well, as yes, well. Of course. Uh huh. We uh, give him the D. D three. No wipe duality run last night. Easy clap. I didn't die, I don't think, at all. It was oh, good. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Flawless in the future. It's coming so I, for I, it. I, I hear that uh things were not so uh flawless in dnf duel so it's funny when you said you know releasing a lot of releasing tension and anxiety i thought you were gonna be like and you beat the shit out of each other <laughs> to release the tension and anxiety <laughs> first rule of fight uh, club is you don't talk about fight club we can't talk about a fighting game in that context I'm sorry <laughs> yeah so uh um, what is what I does the dnf stand for uh d- dungeon Dungeon and Fighter, Dungeon Fight. It's a Dungeon Fighter online game. Okay, like it's. Dungeons are you familiar with Dungeon Fighter? Fucking... No, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Dungeon Fighter Online is a MMO like that's been around for like seventeen years, and oh, it's okay. one of those like has eight hundred and fifty million players worldwide, or whatever the fuck. Oh. It's, I'm kidding. I'm exaggerating, but it's a lot of people play it. Um, it's it's so this is an Arxis game, kind of in the vein of Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, where they're taking a property that a lot of people in the West have no fucking idea what it is and making yeah. an Arxis game out of it, and they just make really good fighting games. So I don't have any interest in the source material, but I didn't even know that there was a new Arxis game coming out until, like... Yeah, it's been kind of under the radar. Out. Yeah, and um, I heard Jeff Gersman talking about it, and he kind of sold me on it because it's weird. It's, it's, like, definitely the biggest departure since they sort of hit their modern stride with Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh and I think you mean their modern strive. Yeah, sure. There you go. <laughs> um I feel like like I've kind of been dabbling in Arxis games for like since the first Blaze Blue. Um I and and I even played a little bit of Guilty Gear earlier on than that. So I got into uh, Persona Arena. Persona 4. Arena, yes. But. So basically, I've kind of been following their games for ages, but I I feel like Dragon Ball Fighters, Fighters Z, yeah. Fighters, um, Fighters sort of kicked off a new era for them of just every game they put out is at least very good. Yes. <laughs> um, if not incredible. Uh, and so anyway, I've been. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus was the last one that I got into, and I played it for a while and really liked it. But my thing with fighting games, I, I always bounce off of them after a little bit because I'm not good at them. And I always, the, the big thing that does it for me is I 
play I'll play for like like Grand Blue Fantasy Versus I played for like 10 or 15 hours and then and played the story stuff and then I was like okay I'm going to start learning some combos and then I started learning some combos and then I was like okay I'm going to go online and then I played online for like an hour and it was like learning the combos was a complete waste of time because I couldn't actually execute them and it didn't fucking matter because Guess what? When you just load into a match and start doing a combo, trying to do a combo without actually knowing mm-hmm. when to do it, it's a waste of like why. Yeah. It, and and so I kind of got frustrated and bailed on it. But I was sort of feeling like you know this DN the thing with their games. The reason that I don't mind buying them and DNF Duel is like fifty bucks, so it's it's not a seventy dollar game. Um, is there's they just look so good that it's almost like watching some cool anime fights, even when I'm getting my ass kicked for like an hour or two. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I like having this library of their games to go back to. I do go back to them from time to time. I haven't gone back to GBFV for a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to try it out. And it's another one that kind of, got me an inch closer to understanding fighting games. I think I only played it for like an hour and a half last night, but I'm going to play more of it because I realized, it helped me to realize that I'm thinking about fighting games super backwards in the first place, which is, and it's weird that I do this because I, I understand this when it comes to MOBAs and shooters and stuff, but I always have been playing fighting games to try to learn combos and then learn and learn character mechanics that I'm playing to mm. KO people. And DNF Duel, just playing it for an hour, helped me understand that, like, no, 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 no. I need to figure out how to not lose, not how to win. Yes. And mm. I need to learn how other characters work to defend against them, not focus too hard on how can I do the combos to win with my character. And I mm-hmm. think that the reason that DNF Duel helped flip the switch is that, and I'm not an expert, so anyone listening who knows more about fighting games than me, you might be able to say this is where I'm wrong. But it feels like a game where the defensive stuff is a lot harder and a lot more of a puzzle than other fighting games because characters just do insane stuff. Like, the the power level of these characters is, like, through the roof. And I think it's because I read somewhere that they're... That, that, the Marvel vs. Capcom 3 development team also worked on this game. In addition, okay. to, like they collaborated with Arxis on it. And the characters are relatively unassuming. One of the things I really like about this game is uh, because it's based on Dungeon Fighter, the characters are just classes. Like <laughs> you've got like Striker, Grappler, Hitman, Ranger. Like they're just the classes from Dungeon Fighter. Um, and they don't have i think they have names if you play the story mode which is Mm. the story mode i've heard is kind of disappointing in this one because it's just each one is only like 40 minutes long and it's just visual novel scenes with some cg art and the writing's not very good so but whatever i don't care i don't care about the the world of dnf so (laughs) it doesn't matter to me i'm not yet you don't care about it yet i'm sure in like three months where you're gonna be deep in a dnf hole mm, uh if it was on play all the games and if it was on well there's only one thankfully that i know of if it was on phones i actually would have installed it and played a little bit of it but i'm not it's i'm not gonna play dungeon fighter on my pc um but anyway 
the the characters are just these very archetypical characters and so it makes it easy to sort of pick them out and i loaded up i've been playing as the striker she's like i think she's kind of like the ryu not in that she has a fireball cuz she doesn't have a fireball but in that she's just the like she seems like sort of the 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 basic character her her sort of passive ability is that she can go it's a light medium heavy game so i i guess it's a four button technically but um it's light medium heavy special uh mm-hmm. and there are the button inputs this one unlike previous well i can't remember now but it's light medium heavy there's no button direction combo to do the special moves on the light medium heavies you have to press the the special button to do specials right um and there's it's it's actually kind of like smash because there's like standing left right down up but then also if you do a button combination and the special button you'll do a faster version of the special so it still rewards you for learning the tech inputs to do them but you don't have to use those and that's imperceptible difference i only it only to me it's like it's it's only like a two or three frame it can't be more than that because mm-hmm. Like, looking at it, when they tell you, like, the button, if you do the input, it goes faster. And it gives you a little thing that says good on the side if you do the input. So I know I was doing the input, but it certainly did not seem like it was any faster to my eye. <laughs> but I'm sure it is a few frames flat faster. Um, so those special attacks take up MP, which is basically just meter. But in this game... The it's functions like a mana meter. So like you, it's at a hundred, and then you do a special, and then it eats some of the meter, but then it'll refill um, a little bit, uh, or it'll refill back to one hundred after a little bit. And also from landing attacks, you can get meter back too. Um, and you can actually spend more meter than you have. So if you have like ten MP left, and then you do a mana a skill that costs thirty, it'll leave you in a state of exhaustion so you have to wait for that extra 20 that you spent to recover before the 100 recovers but it's kind of interesting the way that you can push it and use the skills and so the striker's passive is she can chain uh strings together from like light medium most characters can only go like light medium heavy they only have like one direction they can chain their attacks. She can chain them however you want. So you can go like heavy, medium, light, light, medium, heavy, medium, light, heavy, medium, heavy, light. Um, and it's it's kind of cool. Uh, and I did a fight against the Grappler, which, you know, you would assume with a name like that, that he's going to do a lot of throws. But then I got in it, and I'm just talking about against the AI. And we're talking yeah. at like... 41 skill AI because I beat an AI at skill I got my shit rocked by the 50 skill AI and then beat a 40 skill AI so then I bumped it up by one Mm -hmm. and like I can't figure I could not figure out how to deal with this grappler character because it seemed like every attack that I had he could just grab me from the middle of the attack and fuck up my shit but in the past where I would have felt discouraged because I would have been trying to learn how to play my character and getting mad about it, now yeah. I'm coming at it from the perspective of, like, no, I need to figure out why the grappler can do that. Like, what yeah. is it that he's doing that makes it so he can interrupt my 
totally. my special attacks and throw me. Uh, and it's making it a lot more interesting and appealing and a lot less frustrating and discouraging to, for me. Uh, and I think it's helpful to just not, <laughs> it's also helpful for me to just not pay attention to in the past. I've always been like, okay, I'm going to Google how to get into fighting games. <laughs> and I think it's been, it's, I'm having a much better experience by just saying like, no, I'm just going to play this video game. And it's, and it's actually got, yeah. I wouldn't say that this game is as accessible from a, um, or approachable is a better word to use. It's not as approachable as GBFV. I feel like GBFV because of the way it works and the kind of game it is, is probably the most approachable game that they've made, at least since Dragon Ball Fighters, if not more so than that game. This game, because the characters are even more specialized, they're, I, I would say that it is probably less approachable. However, they have really good tutorial text and like you can read about the characters within the game to understand how they work in a way that I felt like I feel like I haven't seen in most fighting games a lot of the times I feel like I have to read some kind of guide to understand the intricacies of the characters but this game does a very good job of saying like this character does this and here's why this is useful um which is cool Mm -hmm. Uh, there's like a couple tutorials for each character and then you can also go in and read their sort of documentation um, which is, is nice. So, um, enjoying that aspect of it. It also does have two, has a guard button, which is weird for an anime fighter, but, um, yeah. it's cool. Uh, it, it functions well. And the pace of this game is definitely closer to GBFV than it is to Dragon Ball Fighters. It's a little slower. It's not mm-hmm. like you, you definitely have more time to think than you do in some of their games, uh, which is nice for me because it means that I can kind of approach it a little more carefully. I also think that the Smash similarities are such that if you really like Smash Brothers, I almost would recommend checking this game out because the guard button functions very similarly to the guard button in Smash. Like, you can dodge through the other character with a guard and a left or right input, and then the specials are kind of similar to how they work in Smash, except instead of the, like slam the direction and hit a button you have to do the input to do the better version but uh yeah it's it's been fun to learn it all they also have uh of course when you get down to low health you can hit l2 and do a crazy like comeback move that is the the like screen filling like health bars go away and it plays a cutscene basically (laughs) kind of attack uh and those are very cool too so um yeah I am definitely enjoying it and recommend it to people It's who are looking for something a little bit different. I think if you're looking just for more Guilty Gear, you're better off just continuing to play Guilty Gear. But Because um, this is definitely a weird one, and it's probably going to be a niche within a niche in about a month of people playing it. Yeah. But I like it. I think it's cool. And it's helping me to understand that also that I don't need to... There's no, it's not like I need to like get good enough to play online within a certain time limit. I could just, if the AI is kicking my ass, I can just play against the AI and continue to learn while playing the AI. It's not like the AI is like somehow, I wouldn't understand the differences between a player and playing against the AI at this point. So just (laughs) playing the game to play it is the way to go. And it's gotten me to install 
I had Dragon Ball Fighters in my life, even though I've never played it. I had it in my PlayStation library from some, probably from PS Plus at some point. Um, I also on Game Pass. And, oh, that's cool. And uh, so I installed that, and I'm going to go back and take a look at that some, and take a look at, um, I want to pick up Guilty Gear Strive, because it gets pretty cheap. It might even be on sale right now. If you want to play some Dragon Ball Fighters together, I will. I think I've got it installed. Yeah. Uh, I just have sure. it perpetually installed, even though I don't check in on it as much I, as I should. But I also is, have found for some reason I don't is know if the it's sales it's, still going on. Should I buy the rest of the DLC I don't have? <laughs> no, there's not. It, the DLC is not on sale because I actually uh, have it, one it, of the passes. It, some, it is reason, on. But I don't it goes it. on sale often. Uh, I'm gonna keep an eye out for it. But. Now that I've realized I like just fighting against the AI too, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, and I bet people are still playing Dragon Ball Fighters anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, it's it's definitely been exciting because it makes me go. It's made me go like, oh, I can just I don't have to be so hung up on what is the newest one, what is my window to get into it, and I can just sort of play them for fun and <laughs> what a concept uh and uh i could use it, a little fuel myself nice. exactly uh unfortunately guilty gear strive is not on sale but i'm i will yeah there's the dlc for S- dragon ball fighters is not on sale at the moment no i, I next time there's a big sale it, it probably will be uh yep so uh anyway usually like yeah, half that off. has been that has been a uh fun fun one and like i said i i really only just got into it last night uh and so i'm gonna spend some more time with it and i think it'll be uh, a enjoyable thing for the next few weeks i doubt i'm gonna play hundreds of hours of it but uh <clears throat> it is fun and it's very pretty to look at it looks <laughs> as of course because it's arxis it looks outstanding uh which is very cool those characters and the character designs are really cool even though it's I don't give a shit about Dungeon yeah. Fighter. Generic, like, generic classes as the character, but the cool designs on those characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, some of them, the, and I like even the simple characters, like the Striker, she has a lot of personality, and the Grappler, they have tons of personality in their faces and stuff, So, mm. and their movesets, so I really like the way that they look and animate, even though they're kind of basic looking. And then there are also characters that clearly are the, like, later added classes in dungeon fighter that are wild looking that have like huge like artillery guns and stuff like that and it's <laughs> weird um which is cool so yeah all right recommended um the other game that i played is a board game actually ah. dice throne adventures <laughs> is and i won't i well i'm not gonna i won't talk about it for a half hour i promise um it's a uh dice throne is a really really good one well it's just a good board game but it's an especially good 1v1 game i shouldn't say board game really because there's not really a board uh but what it is yeah so what it is is um some of the most incredible art and production design i've ever seen in a tabletop game for sure uh and you basically you you pick a character and you lay out their components there's an I have the old set of the first they call them seasons the first season of Dice Throne so it's like not quite as slick as the current product you can get 
Um, they redid the first season with the newer style, and I really want to buy it, but I would just be buying basically a cosmetic upgrade for the game I already have, so I don't know. Um, but if you're playing with the newer style stuff you can buy now, the box is like this big, huge book-themed box. Like, it looks like a book, but you can you open it like a board game box. And then all the characters' pieces are in these trays. So you slide a tray out and you hand it to the person. And it'll be like gunslinger or pirate or um, like there's a monk character. There's a treant. There's a, a, a alchemist. Like there's all these different fantasy classes. And you open up your little box uh, and each character is super asymmetric. Like they're, they have very different components and abilities and you have this really nice fold-out board that you fold out that shows you your abilities, and then you have a deck of cards, and you have your set of dice, and the dice are really pretty. They all have unique symbols. And then what you're basically doing is playing competitive Yahtzee, in a way. Um, and <laughs> Okay. I love it. What you're doing is you are you have a hand of cards, you have your board, you're rolling these dice, and each character has eight normal abilities and then one ultimate ability that's basically rolling all sixes uh and you're trying to combine so you get to roll the dice and then you get to re-roll them two times and you're combining dice in different of the different symbols of dice to try to activate one of these eight abilities on your board the thing that makes it a little more complex than yahtzee is that you are when you use these abilities, it's inflicting unique status effects on yourself and opponents. You also have a deck of cards that you can use to upgrade those abilities and to play them and get like extra rerolls or to manipulate the dice in different ways. So it has it's it's not as simple as Yahtzee in any way, but I I think it's that's an easy way to kind of get people to understand this is the basic premise kind of of what it is. And I love this game. I think this game is really good. I think it's the perfect mix of um randomness and actually having to think about how you're going to manipulate the dice and when you're going to push and go for certain rolls and stuff like that um and it's less random number focused than you would think based on the premise because uh, there's so many ways to manipulate the dice and there's a lot of strategy in like playing the probability of okay if i pick up these two dice and re-roll them there's four of this symbol on these dice so it's probably going to hit that symbol um kind of thing the problem with Dice Throne is um, it's a game that really wants to be played 1v1. There's like 4-player free-for-all, 2v2, 3-player free-for-all. You can play like that, but it's just it's just better as a 1v1 game. And so what you really want to do is get like 8 people together and have them draft out. The big boxes come with eight characters each my dream scenario would be both big season boxes draft out two characters to each of eight people and then play an elimination like or whatever swiss whatever play a tournament mm-hmm. where you're playing best of three and if you win one of the rounds you have to switch to the other character that you drafted that's like dream scenario it's very hard to convince people to do that for a game that is not magic the gathering frankly yes like it's it's i tried to to set that up and my friends who you know love them but they were like what if we just played commander which is a magic the gathering format and i was like okay well fine then then i will not attend but fine you guys have fun uh 
And so it's been really hard for me to get people to play this game. I've only played it like four times, and the games are like a half an hour, so that's not that much. Oh, yeah, it's not much of a commitment. No. So I just sort of had it sitting in my closet, and occasionally I pull it out and look at all the cool characters. So a while ago, they kickstarted it. I only just bought it, but it's been around for like a year and a half or so. Uh, the Kickstarter, I think, was before COVID. And um, it's this thing called Dice Throne Adventures. So it's not a standalone game. You need Dice Throne characters to play it. You only need however many you want for the players. But what it does is it is it makes the game into a sort of dungeon-crawling cooperative game or solitaire game where you're taking these characters and you're going through tile-based maps and fighting monsters and then once you clear they call it the portal crawl once you clear the kind of like adventure piece then you set up the game and fight a boss and it is a way to it, it like totally you're still playing dice throne like you're still using your character abilities and stuff but it totally is a is like a perfect way to play the game co-op or solitaire which is really really cool and it's split up into these portal crawls and boss fights and the portal crawl sequences. It's like every single tile you move to will have a minion enemy. And so the tiles, the, the, the thing about this game that I really like is compared to something like Gloomhaven. If you look at Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven is like the pillars of eternity of board games. It's like, it takes it like around 200 to 250 hours to play through every scenario in Gloomhaven. Cause it has over a hundred scenarios. And it's hard. It's cognitively, like, it's a big load to play even one character. I do not like playing Gloomhaven Solitaire because you have to play as two characters by yourself. And I just don't. Mm. It's it's a lot. And once you've played a Gloomhaven scenario, you've seen it. There's no randomness to the setup of the scenarios. Dice Stone Adventures is cool because it's, like, similar in concept. It's a dungeon crawler, but it's totally opposite in terms of how it works in that it's a eight scenario campaign. Each scenario takes about an hour to play. So you can actually finish it in a couple of long board game nights. And instead of the way that, that uh, Gloomhaven is, it's built to be super replayable because every, the it's broken up into these like portal crawls and then boss fight, portal crawl, boss fight until you get to the end. And the portal crawls for each level have four different possible layouts of tiles in terms of shape. And then there's also the tiles are randomized. So there's a ton of different tiles in the box that you lay out. And then um, the enemies that you encounter also come off of a deck that's got a bunch of different enemies in it. So it's always different every time. The way that the enemies work is they all use a shared set of dice. And it tells you what their role objective is. So... They, they like you, get to roll their dice, and then they get two re-rolls, and the, there's just basically rules that kind of uh, convey what the what dice they're trying to hit so that, so that you know which ones to re-roll. And then based on how close they get to that number, essentially, or that, the, that dice roll, they have an ability that will do different stuff. So you're doing that through the portal crawls, and then when you get to the boss fights, it's more like a one-on-one standard game of dice throne where they have a sequence at the beginning where you upgrade their abilities based on how many people are playing and then they have a deck of cards and their deck of cards they flip a card that's the thing that they do for the turn that's their role focus and then they try to kill you so it's very 
really, really fun and really lets you engage with that game, again, either solitaire or cooperatively. And what's cool is it's instantly unlocks basically a whole new life for each of those characters because the other piece of the puzzle is which character are you playing. So as you play through it with different characters, it's going to be a totally different experience too. And they do, they have different difficulty levels and I don't, I haven't finished the first camp, my first campaign playthrough, but they tell you when you finish it to open this pack of cards that has big, big text on it. That's like, do not open until instructed. And there's like four packets of cards like that of different shapes and sizes which means there's actually quite a bit of extra content to add to the game as you yeah. complete sequences, which is really fun because it's a mystery as to what's in there. Yeah, that's um, always exciting. Yes, that's a big part of why Gloomhaven is fun. So the fact that this game does it uh, without needing quite the same commitment from a, a time perspective is really cool. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I don't think... The the struggle with it is the it's expensive. Um, so... Getting into Dice Throne by itself, if you do have people that will play it, it's not that bad. It's only like 30 bucks to buy one of the two character boxes of Dice Throne. Um, but if you really want to get into it, you're going to want to buy like a full season box, and those are like 100 bucks. Uh, and that will have eight characters. There's two seasons so far. So that's like 200 bucks already to get all the characters. <laughs> uh, you don't need to do that, but if no. you wanted to. And then the Dice Run Adventures box is also a hundred bucks because it's loaded, packed full with stuff in the box to make this whole thing work. Um, they also are announced. They've announced they're doing a set of Marvel stuff. They're doing a Marvel Ooh. Dice Throne box. So I assume those characters will be playable with Dice Throne Adventures. I don't see why they wouldn't be because they're just Dice Throne characters. So um, if this all sounds interesting to you, but you want to just start with the competitive game. If you know some people you might want to play with that Marvel box is available for pre-order and seems pretty cool. has the same level of art and production values in the style of their other stuff. So um, I am a pretty big fan. Uh, They, even if you don't find the idea of the game interesting, I strongly recommend checking out the art for this game because it is so fucking good. I, it's like kind of vaguely cartoon comic book style. And it is some of the best board game art I have ever seen. Uh, and the components are absolutely gorgeous. That's why I've never really felt bad about owning it, even though I don't play it that much is mm-hmm. it's just so pretty to look at and take out and like m- play with the components and stuff. Yeah. So. I was looking at yeah. the board game geek, uh, board game geek, board game geek page for it and it's got really cool uh art and like figures and stuff they they yeah. look like yeah, MOBA the characters really they look like a you know off-brand league or off-brand yeah dota it's not super, in like a not in a bad way just no, in a, yeah not as it's detailed super, and more kind of it's soft. super inspired i think by mobas because totally. the way the characters work is really um it's it's like MOBAs in that they do the different like I've been playing as to give give people an idea I've been playing as the Barbarian because mm-hmm. it's like the most basic season one character in Dice Throne Adventures and the Barbarian can inflict uh, stun and concussion and like when you stun someone they have to skip their whole turn basically mm-hmm. uh, if you concuss them they have to skip their income turn which is at the start of the turn 
or their income phase, which is at the start of the turn where they get to draw a card and um and and gain a resource point that you spend to play cards. That's super simple stuff. There's also characters who will do like a status effect where you do one less damage forever, or one where like you stack the status effect and then like you can there's defensive ones too. You can stack this evasive status effect and then you can roll a die and avoid all damage if you based on the die roll and burn multiple tokens of it and stuff. It's, it's all the status effect tokens are a huge part of the game and all the characters use them and interact with them differently. And then there's characters that do whole things like forget what her name is, but there's a, a character in season two and she has two health dials because she has her and her Jaguar pet. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, so there's just really cool, MOBA is spot on, really cool out there ideas uh that 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 go into these characters. Yeah. Um, and then they're of all kinds of different complexity levels too. So this game does look very cool. Yep. Uh I would you can you can play it on tabletop simulator, so we can play it sometime, but I really, really, really hope that at some point they make a digital version of it because i think Mm. it would be really perfect for a digital game um and whether they put dice run adventures in or not whatever that's i don't think they need to do that but just just a digital version of it where i could play online with other people would be really cool yeah Uh, the because it is it is very very fun cool well that is I, I am very impressed by the quality of the uh, figures and yeah. stuff in there. There's one that I'm just like, this is just Maokai from League of Legends. Yeah, but, the figures um, don't come with the game that, by default. Like, is this Lee Sin? Um, like, uh, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the figures are in the box. If you buy the box, you get these, pla- like, uh, not plastic, but uh, cardboard standees. Hmm. But you can buy the minis for the uh, game. Uh, okay. That's how they get you. Yeah, and, but they're pretty reasonable. You can get them unpainted for thirty bucks per season of minis, and you can get painted mm. ones for forty. So I'm probably going to order mm. painted ones for both seasons. I have the so the hell that I'm in now that I've ex- I've explained <laughs> all of this so that I can complain. Uh huh. Okay. Great. Go. Uh huh. Yep. Let the it out. Thing, yes. It's not their fault. I appreciate it's that they did this, but when I got into the game, I. I bought it at PAX in like 2018, I think, maybe 2019. Can't remember. Doesn't matter. And they had released Dice Throne Season 2, which is the first one that they did with the like extra incredible art and components, really. The art has been the same, but the component quality of like having the folding boards and having the like little trays and stuff was started in Season 2. They also had their Season 1 set there but it was like this older style where the art is still really good but instead of unique like shaped boards like you might be seeing for these characters if you're looking at the 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 characters you just had like a standard like board that were all stacked in the box and then in the box there were plastic trays for just the cards and the dice but not for all the extra components in a way it was just not the same degree of production value. It's still fine. It does. It's even, I would say even above average production quality for the pieces, but it didn't have this like crazy over the top. This looks incredible thing that the season two box had. Then they did a thing where they, they, they kickstarted a thing called season one rerolled, 
where they updated all of the mm. season one characters to mm-hmm. be in the new style of components, and they added two characters to the box, so that now there's eight and eight. You can buy those two characters separate, so yeah. you don't have to buy the whole hundred dollar box. But then your but your other characters brain, don't match. Yes, and in my brain, I'm like, I should just get the whole season one re rolled chest at some point, but it's a hundred dollars, and I'm then I'll have two copies of six of the but characters. But you sell sell that other one or something. Yeah, but who wants to who would buy it? Like, right, you don't you shouldn't you should get the season one reroll. Donate box. it to your local game store for game nights. Uh, I don't know. No, what's really gonna happen is I'm gonna do it and then it's gonna one of them's gonna sit in the closet forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and never get opened again. Because I also have like custom I, sleeves that I mean, they sell for all the characters and stuff. Wow. It's it's yeah, you, they, yeah, you uh, really went in on it. Uh, well, what's funny is since it was at a con, the thing about buying board games when you go to places like PAX is the I got both, I got all those sleeves and both the season one old box and the season two box uh, for like 140 bucks, I think, something okay. like that. Because when you buy at cons, it's all there's always deals that they cut. Yeah, you. of course. Mm-hmm. It, it was in in this case, they were honest too. They said they told me. We're going to be coming out with a season one re-rolled box, so we're selling this at a huge discount if you want to get in on it now. So yeah. I knew what I was getting into, mm-hmm. but we're still here. Hey, so. at least you can, like, you know, you're doing things with the thing you bought, whereas I just bought $300 <laughs> in leather-bound books that are going to sit on a <laughs> shelf and... Just look yeah, pretty, it, but you know the nice uh, thing. I, that I've it, got some anime figures that I've pre-purchased, mm-hmm. so I'm like, they, they will also just sit on a shelf and look the pretty. So intelligent thing that I might end up doing is just buy the two characters that I don't have and just not be bothered by the fact that six of them are a mismatch cosmetically. That's like because sure. it's fine. It's not the only real difference is the cards didn't have art on the the part. They didn't have card art. They just had like the text and like a, a, a mm. colored background, like a graphic background. And the boards aren't shaped in a unique way. Those are the only two differences between what I have and what's in the season one rerolled box. So <laughs> I should just get over it because they're the same thing. But well, don't let it eat sleep. away at you. But no, it's I'm not losing sleep uh, yet. Yeah, but hopefully they will make a digital game because it is really good and really creative and the art is super good all right well uh speaking of good and creative i am checking out a game that came out last year and that just hit game pass called road 96 sadly not road 69 which is really the road we'd all like to be on but (laughs) <laughs> alas is not the way things are meant to be the most high level kind of explanation of what this game is that i can give is what if life is strange was a roguelike roguelite okay this, yeah uh I'm listening you're doing like if you went through like each vignette of like events uh, was shrunk down to like five minutes and you did a bunch of those and uh, as different characters took out all the supernatural stuff just like the slice of life stuff going on 
and then slapped it in a totalitarian country uh, in the midst of a political uh, in the midst of an election. Uh, you play in Road ninety six as a as various teens who are fleeing the country because for some reason teens are especially reviled uh, in oh Petria I think is what it's called. There are tons of missing teens kidnapped or taken away and sent to work in, quote-unquote, the pits. Uh, Not entirely clear what the pits are. If they exist, they most likely do. But, yeah, so you are playing as various teens, uh, making your way across the country to the border where you will try and escape the country. And on your way, you are meeting a variety of colorful characters, like the the robbers Mitch and Stan, or Stan and Mitch, uh, S and M as uh, they are often called. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, mm-hmm. Yep, like uh, sixty nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you, st- the first encounter you have in this game is with Stan and Mitch, and at least that I had. I don't know if it's randomized, but I don't. I don't think it is for like the beginning. Uh, you're this teen driving down the road. And you are hijacked by Stan and Mitch, and they get in the car with you and hold you at gunpoint and say, keep driving. And you're just letting it go. Mm. Uh, You know, you can look around the car. You can have a conversation with Stan and Mitch. And you're like, they're like, you know what? We're going to, as a a pair, we're through. Uh, You're going to be Mitch's new partner. But first, you got to pass Mitch's, like, burglar quiz or, like... Uh, you know, whatever. And then so they give you a who wants to be a millionaire style uh, quiz, you know, got a multiple choice and got to an answer. And, you know, they're right answers, wrong answers. And your choices will have an impact, I think, based on little bits that have come afterwards on both the state of the the nation and where their storyline will go when you meet them later on in subsequent playthroughs as different teens in different areas. As they have a continuing storyline, uh, which is fun to see and is very goofy. They're written, uh, things are written pretty well. Uh, you know, I don't know if everything hits, but uh, for the most part, uh, I was enjoying Stan and Mitch at least. Then eventually they're like, all right, you know what? We're not going to break up. We're going to stick together. And that means we're taking your car. You're out of here. And then you get stuck hitchhiking, which sends you on another adventure and off to meet another group of people uh, in like a trailer or yeah, a trailer park for a night. And then from there you move on and you'll encounter different groups of groups of people as you're discovering what's going on in the country. There's a lot of uh, very... <laughs> very bad shit going on but it's you've got Thai president i think i think he's a president president in that you know title alone but he is much more of a dictator i think it's tyrek they they make a lot of plays on tyrant uh in the game mm-hmm. when they're talking about him so tyrek i think uh is uh you know he he is uh playing dirty People are like, oh, there won't be a fair election. There is a moderate um, contender. You know, some of this might sound familiar from modern-day politics. 
in America, moderate contender, and you're deciding as you're talking to these people, are you going to be more revolutionary? Are you going to say, we need to fight back? Are you going to say, we got to vote, 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 blue no matter who? Or are you just going to run off and flee the country? Which, and the the game treats all of those, at least so far, as equally valid. Though I'm only two plays into, I don't know how many there can be. Each uh, life you, or each teen you play as, uh, is like takes place closer and closer to election day so you can see the effects of the stories you have on the nation and their opinions you can join with the radical group the black brigaders i believe is what they're called and you can decide if you decide you want to be you know join a revolutionary group and be more radical and violent in your resistance then you can do that and you can partake in their uh, internal votes and decide if they'll be more violent or if they'll be more passive and just run protests or if they'll set up a bomb to try and uh, kill a bunch of police officers. You can take part in those decisions and it'll impact what happens in the country as it, uh, as the story unfolds. It's so far, it's been really interesting if a bit on the nose with some of the characters yeah. Like, uh, there is a, like, Megan Kelly sort of Fox News-ish, just, like, mouthpiece kind of person uh, who is, you know, always running the propaganda. You can get a job as their camera person, and you can, if you choose, you can screw up and say, oh, I want them to cheer when they hear the challenger's name and boo when they hear the president's name. You can catch the police beating up protesters, stuff like that, and then they get mad at you. Or you can play along and you can uh, be, you know, ass kissing and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what that changes for, like, the story, uh, but there are – you see these stories unfold over time with different, uh, you know, different amounts each time. And depending on how you choose to navigate through the world – whether you're taking the bus or you're hitchhiking or you're uh, calling a taxi, all of these different things will end up having you meet different people. I think there are like six or seven different characters that you'll come across as you're making your way to the border. And they're all very, very, very different. Uh, and you're encountering some of them. You're just sitting in a car and having a conversation. Some you're wandering around a rest stop or a restaurant and getting into uh, weird situations like collecting money from people in a piggy bank for some robbers. It's very strange. Uh, I think this game was made in France as part of like some I think that's right. sort yeah. of. It see. sounds like the perfect Game Pass game, and like it is. It is. That's where I'm playing experiment. it. <laughs> and and perfect for Game Pass in that like clearly they made something and they should be getting paid for the thing that they made because it yes. sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. But also I can see why it would be a bit of a chance for somebody who can't buy lots of games. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it's, it sounds weird and like it might not hit for everybody. And like mm -hmm. that kind of makes it the perfect thing to put on a service like game pass where you're not out really out anything if you try it and it's not your thing. Yeah. 
I think probably all of us here would enjoy it in some way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, like I, I, I think I remember seeing a trailer for that in something, um, and it looked like a really interesting game, and... Yeah, and now bringing this back, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm mm-hmm. genuinely really might have to give that a shot soon. Yeah, it is very and like even with conversations we've had uh, as a group, just you know about politics or whatever, it's interesting seeing like I can see like oh these people are more like Pat and these people are more like Allison, uh, for example. And since you're going through, and each time you play through you're playing as a different character you can decide like oh this one i want to kind of be the vote blue no matter who just vote 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 person right. and mm-hmm. this you know on this one i want to be the radical like hey fuck the police uh all that kind of stuff that we need to rise up in the streets and be marching and all that kind of stuff yeah it sounds like you could do some interesting kind of um internal role-playing you know not it's not a role-playing game but like yeah. kind of thinking like this is what the character i'm going to be playing is yeah yeah today. it it gives you plenty of choice to go one way you know go several different ways you can say i don't care i'm just leaving too and it you know it responds to those choices and i'm curious if it punishes you for for exploring those choices and or if it rewards you for like, if it rewards you for choosing different ones or if it wants you to say, no, all these teens are super rebellious and radical or they're all very, uh, let's take the, the peaceful route and just vote. Everybody vote Mm -hmm. and get out of this. Uh, it's It's like you choose all the, all the things and then they, they go, they, once you choose every different option, they go a little centrist and then it, (laughs) <laughs> yeah basically and you're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah there are some and you know the, the the issues it's talking about aren't exclusive to the united states but that, you right. know, we're americans so that's our frame of reference but these issues are happening all over the world uh so it is it is very timely and mm-hmm. it's uh wait this game come out this year uh, it, this uh, maybe on X, the, maybe the Microsoft Store came out this yeah, year. And that's why I, I, it was late last year for sure. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I looked it up because I was like the mm-hmm. the title sounded vaguely familiar, and it's like, oh yeah, that game. But yeah, it it has been a fun little thing to check out, and I would I would definitely recommend it to this group. And probably if you're listening to this podcast, I think you would enjoy checking it out, especially if you've enjoyed games like Life is Strange and those. Uh, those you know slice of life moments and emotional connections that people are forming and you know watching people's lives happen around you uh, can be and if you are entertaining not a game passer uh, it appears that it is still 50% off on steam right now too until oh, nice. 17th so and uh, how uh, how much uh, that's only 10 bucks 10 bucks yeah that's uh, yeah yeah and there's some other bundles, I guess, with music and like, prologue game book. You can get, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So three years of development, huh? Yeah, it, it's a cool thing, cool game, and I would recommend it. So yeah, that's Road ninety six, not Road sixty nine, sadly, but you know maybe the sequel. We can hope. The sequel yeah. we deserve, not the one we'll get. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, that's that's what I played this week. Besides a bunch of Apex, which I'm I'm almost finished with that battle pass, like ninety six out of one hundred <laughs> or one ten. Level seventy on my Destiny two battle pass. Nice, <laughs> just fucking cranking. <laughs> I hit a point last night where I am now trying to do the wellspring activity to get gun drops, but I need to do it on specific days because it's a different boss every day, and mm. each boss drops a different gun, and I oh, need God. another tarnation to attune so that I can finish a evidence board quest so I can unlock the exotic glaive for Titan. That's where we're at with Destiny at this point, is mm. really putting it in. Oh. Putting it in, cranking it. Yeah, I'm just... light level, like, 1572 now. Woohoo. Really cranking that light level up. Yeah, we're in that soft pinnacle. Only pinnacle gear makes my number go up now, so... It's the only thing that makes you feel anything. <laughs> yes. I need this pinnacle no, drops actually, just to feel even worse. <laughs> even worse, I I started listening to a Destiny pod, two Destiny podcasts, one for PVE and one for PvP. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> so, god! So I also know what weapon rolls I need to start looking for. <laughs> oh boy! I you know I wasn't I I, I I never listened to a podcast, but I was in the like okay searching. Okay, what are the good weapon rolls? But I, well, so something that I will not talk about Destiny for a long time, but something that I have. <laughs> Um, that clicked in my brain and made me go, wait, this is probably just the MMO for me, is I came to realize that that game is not really about cookie-cutter builds. Like, it's not just, like, here's best in slot, equip these, make yeah. this your build. People do that. Like, they do mm -hmm. post just, this yeah. is the build. But listening to this podcast has helped me learn, because the way they present it is, like, here's, like, 15 good weapons and here's the ways you get them and here's what we think are good perks to mm. to shoot for on yeah. them no pun intended um where it's more like look man if you like smgs and you want to go for a rangefinder perk on them because that'll give it better range so it's more versatile there's nothing wrong with that that doesn't mean that you're like playing the game wrong and that has like made me way more excited about it because it's more like here's some ideas for things you might like but really it's just about building yep. up a, like building your character to your play style mm. in a way that's going to be fun for you and then you'll just be able to perform sometimes for certain fights you have to be willing to switch off of that to yep. do something else but for the most part it's just about like play the thing that you want to play yeah like i really like le monarch the bow uh, mm -hmm. the exotic bow from forsaken i think and yep. that is i prefer most of the time to just kind of build around that and i was reading stuff that's like that's fine that guy that's a good bow mm -hmm. it's fine if you make a build that's focused for it uh, just know that you might need to switch to a sniper or something to do certain raids and yeah. fights and that's fine too so yeah it's been helpful to understand that and also to understand a bit of the pvp meta too has been cool because it makes me go, wait, Crucible's not bad. You just have to know <laughs> why. If you just spend a little bit of time learning, you go from how did that guy that this the Crucible sucks, that guy killed me in one shot with an SMG, and then you go, Oh, he built Terabus stacks for five minutes and then popped <laughs> them on me. And that's why he killed me in one shot with an SMG. Yep. <laughs> Once you understand that, suddenly it stops being frustrating. So 
Yeah. Well, uh, we will let Pat go run off into the lands of destiny so we can farm his weapons in the wellspring and wrap up this podcast. Episode 230. Get it right this time. Episode 230 on July ni- July 10th. No, July 9th. It's 10th for me. It's the 9th for you, or at least for when we're recording this. Two thousand twenty-two. Oh my god! I'm gonna, I'm gonna back. I'm gonna put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> that is gonna do it for episode two hundred and thirty of the Gaming Fix podcast on July 9th, two thousand twenty-two. I've been your host, Andre Cole, aka the Wet Gamer, aka your partner's favorite Resident Evil character. You can find me on Twitter at Coolslaw C O O L S L four W, where me and my coworkers are radicalizing. And uh, getting mad at her company. Uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm not I'm not tweeting about it, but uh, just know it's happening. <laughs> Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at PJC Plays. Great, and Allison. You can find me on Twitter at W R I T E R S E R E N Y T Y. You can find the podcast on twitter at fix podcasts, and you can go to podchaser.com slash gaming fix yes to leave us a review or wherever fine podcasts are reviewed apple podcasts i don't know where else itunes is itunes a thing still i don't know uh apple no. podcasts okay. apple podcasts. yeah 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 okay okay uh you can send us an email to gaming at fix.space uh with the topic of your choosing and thank you to jeff davis at stranger peace on twitter tiktok and twitch the triple t for our wonderful theme music. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Gaming Fix Podcast. Stay wet, gamers.